Hey there, boss. This is Jeff Mendelson, host of the One Big Tip podcast. And I am so excited to announce my new Agents of Pod coaching program, where I teach you how to fast track your lead gen by having more conversations with your targeted clients, even if you have no list, audience, or paid ads. Head on over to agentsofpod.com hero, and let me show you how to be the superhero in your own business. I am also actively seeking guests for this podcast. If you know someone who is currently six figures or more in their business and they have an actionable, tangible, and measurable tip to share, please let them know about it. Just go to onebigtip.com slash guest for information on how to be a guest. I can't wait to hear from you. Let's get started. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. My name is Jeff Mendelson, and this is the One Big Tip Podcast. My guests today are Dr. Andranitsaris and Heather Dranitsaris-Hilliard. They are a mother-daughter team bringing a wealth of knowledge, insight, and experience to their work with individual clients and client organizations. Anne and Heather are dedicated to empowering individuals, leaders, and organizations to achieve their potential by leveraging their expertise in the neurobiology of human development combined with a system thinking approach. They have worked with thousands of leaders and individuals from around the world, have been featured on dozens of publications, spoken at professional conferences, and have written several series of books. So I'm really excited to have you guys on today. Dr. Ann and Heather, thank you so much for joining me and welcome to the show. Thanks for having us, Jeff. We really appreciate you. This is going to be a lot of fun. I love it when when you guys gang up on me and really, uh, (laughs) you know, and are really able to bring a lot of value. So this is going to be a lot of fun for me today. Can you please take a moment and tell us a little bit about who you are and what makes you two so amazing? So I'll take a first crack at that one. And I think for Anne and I, we have a really unusual backstory as to kind of how we got to this point in the work that we do with our, our clients. Anne is my biological mother, and she gave me up for adoption at birth. And when I was 27, Anne and I reunited, we connected. And what we discovered was, despite all of that time apart, that we had a really heightened shared interest in helping people to achieve their potential. We were really curious and fascinated about why some people are able to achieve their potential and others are not. But we were working in very different contexts. I was doing my work in organizations and I was working with a large uh, human resources consulting firm at the time. And Anne was doing her work with individuals as a psychotherapist and as a corporate therapist slash coach. And so we had this great sort of aha moment of, hey, let's put the people side of things together with the systems thinking approach that I bring into it and and really drive meaningful change in organizations that serves both the organizations and the people within them. Wow. What an amazing story. (laughs) And how do you top that? I really can't. (laughs) But just to add something to that, the one of the things that makes our our work really unique is is that we approach everything from a developmental perspective, meaning that we meet our clients where we are. We don't have a system that we take and go, okay, here, this is what we're going to impose on any problem that you might be having, regardless of who you are. Um, And that should work. And if it doesn't, it's your fault as the client. But we really look at who the human being and who the human beings are in the organization 
to really measure what they can tolerate from a developmental perspective, where they are, what they need to grow along that developmental trajectory. And I can't say that word development enough because this is really distinguishing us from others that are trying to fix problems. We're trying to find out where people are stuck and get them back on their developmental trajectory toward their potential. And using not just that warm and fuzzy that comes from the psychotherapy background that I have, but from the structural systems um, consulting approach that Heather comes from the organizational systems that are really so critical to successful change initiatives in organizations. Wow, what an amazing description. Thank you so much for that. So I want to dive into this a little bit. Like, and you said something really interesting that you don't just impose, you know, an arbitrary system on somebody that you sort of meet them where they're at. Right. And uh, really try to figure out then what is the best way to achieve change, you know, and to make that effect happen. What are some of the criteria that you use then that you would be able to figure out, okay, we're going to use this modality versus some other modality or some other type of framework. How do you then go through that process just for you to choose how you're going to approach a problem and ultimately get it fixed? You, you can take this one, Heather. This is fair. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, you know, typically what happens, and this is true for us as individuals, we talk about or complain about symptoms or the things that are frustrating us, making us unhappy. And what we do is go in and look at what's going on in the individual or individuals within that context that's contributing to those symptoms and what's missing in terms of the processes and practices around them. And, and based on that, we, we sort of, we find that place. But we rely very, very heavily on personality type in the work that we do as a really clear lens into that awareness of them and, and where they're like more likely to get stuck because of their personality. We go a little bit further than just the typical personality work because we look at it from the perspective of emotional drivers. So not just how are they going to behave, but why? What's going on with them emotionally that's driving a particular set of behaviors that may be counter to what it is that they're trying to achieve or what the organization is trying to achieve. So it really gets in the way. And if we sort of take that back to an individual level is if I'm behaving a particular way and let's say I'm being really permissive with my staff or I go into every meeting ready to explain and defend myself. If I don't understand the why of that behavior, it becomes really challenging for people to develop beyond it, right? And so they get stuck because they never get after kind of what's behind the behavior. They just focus on the behavior itself. So that's a lot of sort of where we go at it in order to come up with what's the right approach for the client. Amazing. Thank you so much for that explanation. I want to dive into this a little bit deeper and figuring out when you are engaging in an organization or in a management team and you're trying to get them to figure out, you know, where are we deficient and how do we make things better? One of the most interesting things that if you just say it on its own, you know, like self-awareness, it sounds, you know, it can sound kind of woo-woo right? But this is some really serious stuff. When you're leading a 50, 100, 500 person team, you know, you need to get everyone in line. You need to get everyone to rally behind the common cause and to affect that change. Let's talk a little bit about the first step of actually the self-awareness of it all, actually acknowledging that there's a problem and then great. Now, what do you do to fix it? How does that look to you guys? (laughs) 
Well, coming coming back to our developmental approach as opposed to a, you know, we've we've got a nail, let's get a hammer to hit her, right? It's more that, you know, what what's the roadmap or what is it what are the mechanics of the leader's mind and the collective the collective personality type say of the leadership team? that sets people up to either succeed or not succeed. And if you look at self-awareness, self-awareness starts with being aware of what we feel and being able to use our emotions in a productive way, making decisions about them, not getting hijacked by our emotions. And many leaders that believe they're emotionally self-aware, they tend to do things like, well, my employees should know better than to do that. I shouldn't have to tell them anything. And they sound very rational, but they're not identifying the issue. And they're just allowing the employee to keep failing because they're too afraid. And I'll use emotional words. They're too afraid to step in and redirect the behavior of their employee. So we really do start with getting um, doing an, an assessment of all of the leaders and we can interpret based on a collective leadership assessment where their gaps will be and what kinds of problems and what dysfunctions they will have as a result of the personality types. And then from there, we do some testing in terms of getting feedback from the employees about what's going on. And so not just that self-awareness, but that organizational awareness that the systems and the people both matter and starting leaders to see that there is an impact that their behavior has on people. And it's not just blaming the employees <laughs> and complaining about the employees that we have to do, but they have to get a sense of how their personality type is contributing to the problems that they're having in their organization. The other thing that I would add to that is and if I sort of take it down to an individual's perspective, right? If if I don't understand how my brain is organized and, and how that translates into, you know, my natural inherent strengths and my naturally wired inherent gaps or challenges, when I go to develop or when I try and shift my behavior, you know, in my own best interest, I don't really know my starting point. Right. And so then I start trying to do it, you know, sort of overusing my strengths, maybe, or I try and mimic somebody else and it doesn't feel authentic. And, you know, just in a really practical example, like my personality style and how I need to lead people and what I needed to be taught to be effective as a leader is very different from Anne's because Anne is very naturally directive in communicating to staff what they need to do, how they need to do it. She's very decisive in the way she comes out with the information she's giving. My style's more informational. So I it's more process oriented. And so, so I'm more I'm more likely to kind of give them the big picture and the what I want to see at the end of the day, or to be indirect in my communication. Like I say, I'll say something like, you know, to my kids, I always use the analogy with my kids. It's like I'll say the dishwasher, the dishes in the dishwasher are clean. So that's my way of, of giving direction, right? Which is they then have to interpret, oh, that means mom's asking me to empty it as opposed to being directive, which I've now learned to be, which is uh, the dishes are clean. I want you to empty the dishwasher and put them away before you go on to your next activity. So I think the challenge for us as human beings is we don't all have the same starting point for what we need to develop as leaders or just even in the interest and pursuit of our own potential. And if I don't understand that, then I'm going to struggle or 
or I'm going to scramble or I'm going to develop bad habits or I'm going to feel like I'm not good enough because I can't master something that comes so naturally to somebody else. And so self-awareness is our key. And that's why we encourage everybody to and say, you have to start from there. You have to meet yourself where you're at and your reality of where you're at and how your brain's organized. Very, very important. And then you develop up from that point on. Thank you for that explanation. You know, one of the things that entrepreneurs are, you know, are kind of famous for is that we're always looking to develop ourselves to a greater degree, right? And one of the things I do in my business is that I take to heart a lot of the failings of my team if they don't complete the jobs the way I'm expecting them to do. I take it upon myself. Well, okay, this is either a learning opportunity. I didn't train them well enough. I didn't give them a good enough SOP, right? And I think, you know, sometimes there's a line where I have to decide like, you know, something, maybe I just, maybe I just hired the wrong person, right? Maybe it's not me, right? Maybe it really is them, right? So, you know, like I try to give them the benefit of the doubt, right? No, you know, granted, I'm a much smaller team. I'm not in a, you know, in a massive organization where I have to, you know, really think a lot more about culture and, you know, water cooler type stuff and activities and things like that. But there are a number of things that I try to keep my finger on the pulse about, about, in order to ensure that my team is, is providing services up to the standard that, you know, we want them to provide. What kind of advice would you give, you know, to someone like this who, who does take more on themselves in terms of the development of people and just trying to figure out, you know, like where my responsibility stops and theirs starts and where I can finally decide like, you know something, it's not me, it's them and I got to make a change. Well, and it's... To switch the brain over from that subjective, who's to blame, whose fault is that, you know, and and sometimes we do that and we, we blame ourselves just because it's easier to do that than to actually have a conversation with our employee. But, you know, to shift over to an objective, more objective way of looking at what are all of the factors that contributed to this so that we can sit down with the employee and say, I may have contributed by not giving you enough detail on the timelines, but on the other hand, I've asked you several times now to ask more questions when I'm giving you information, and I remember that that didn't happen in in our last meeting. You didn't have any questions, and so if we both keep doing this, then we're both going to have the same problems. And then we go into planning, how do we do it differently the next time? And so it's not so black and white, you take it into that area of really connecting up with the employee of, are you not clear on the expectation to ask questions? Let me restate it again. So that next time around, and then you have to track it, you see, because whenever we say what I would like you to do the next time, is this, we have to make sure that next time we meet, we're plugged into that. It's not all or nothing. Everybody contributes a little bit of something and we're not looking for somebody to blame. We're simply looking at resolving the issue and gaining alignment with everyone. Amazing. Thank you so much for sharing that. Heather? One of the things that a lot of our clients struggle with is where they feel like they've given really clear direction and the employee goes off and does something different. And one of the interesting things that we started talking about again, and probably in the last 10 years that I know when, just to date myself, when I started in the workforce, it was a known thing, this idea of insubordination. 
in where I have given you direction and there was clarity, the deadline was clear, the expectations was clear, and still they chose to not do it, to do it differently, to follow their own authority as they were making choices around it. So sometimes as entrepreneurs, because again, to your point, we want to make it work and we see the best in people and we're in our brain style tends to be optimistic and we see possibilities and we don't always sort of look at this, some of this more blatant behavior that can be going on. And so we have to challenge ourselves sometimes to say is, okay, did, if it was clear and in where I established that clarity, to even ask sometimes the question of, you know, what was it about the instruction I gave you that made you think you didn't have to follow it, right? So we have to be clear too on sort of is a performance gap, is it a behavioral gap where the employee has not cultivated or I as the leader have not cultivated enough in my employee that they really are following my direction and, and what I'm setting out for them. And the last one that we always say to our clients is that if you're working harder than the employee is on improving their performance, then you know it's probably time to call it quits, go. right? And let them go. I love it. But thank you for sharing that. That actually does make a lot more sense because really what it is is that, you no, know, it is a, I think it is a push-pull relationship right? Where, and I try to remain optimistic and you try to push these in initiatives out. And of course there is the Jeff way of doing things and there's, you know, sometimes the right or the wrong way to do it as well. So I've never been one to say like, Hey, you know, like just do it my way or the highway. But at the same time, you know, it's like, wait a second, guys, you know, trust me a little bit. I've been doing this for a while. Right. And you, you know, I know my clients, I know what they're expecting. I know, you know, so it's like, you know, come on, meet me halfway when they don't, that's when I get frustrated. Right. And that's where I get like, okay, wait a second, what's going on here? And at what point do I need to make a change? So, you know, I've seen that a number of times and I appreciate you guys articulating that for me. Well, and just if I could just make one comment about there's a time to be inclusive and there's a time to be directive you see and that without alignment in an organization we know this from having worked with it for so long without something to align to you create you inadvertently create chaos while believing that what you're doing is you're allowing people to exercise more authority themselves and feel empowered but then while they're being empowered, you're not getting what you want. And, and so it, it's making sure that that sort of permission to do it is not out of timing. They have to prove themselves first, you know, and then <laughs> and then they can have more freedom. Amazing. Guys, thank you so yeah. much for articulating that. Ann and Heather, can you please let everyone know how they can find out more about your company and how they can reach out to you directly? Sure. Our website, dranitsaris-hilliard.com. So there, for those of you watching it on the screen, is spelled out, but D-R-A-N-I-T-S-A-R-I-S-H-I-L-L-I-A-R-D.com for those of you on the audio side of things. Everything's there. There's, we've sort of built this website to showcase all of our work, all of the information about the books that we've written, information about our personality system called the Striving Styles, which is a great first start or any personality system, but of course ours, which brings in emotional drivers. We always recommend to people looking to increase their self-awareness in order to move towards their potential and uh, ways in which you can contact us as well. All there in one spot for you. Amazing. Thank you for joining me today. This has been a lot of fun. I love talking about this stuff and, you know, (laughs) you know, and I think it's really amazing that you guys can, you know, come together and just gang up on me and just, just really deliver all this massive value. Thank you for joining me today. 
Love doing it. Thanks so much, Jeff. <laughs> Thank you, Jeff. Thank you so much for listening to the One Big Tip podcast. If you're a six to eight figure entrepreneur, business coach, or speaker who would like to be on this show, we need to talk. The audience for this podcast is hungry for experts and professionals who want to share their knowledge with this world. So if you're ready to share your actionable and measurable One Big Tip, please go to onebigtip.com guest and let's get your story out there. I am also crazy excited to announce my new Agents of Pod coaching program. With this program, I show busy entrepreneurs the strategies that I use to have warm conversations with my dream clients, keep my calendar book solid, and consistently have potential clients at the ready, all anxiously waiting to speak with me every single week. Head on over to agentsofpod.com hero and let me show you how to be the superhero in your business today. Lastly, I have a huge ask for you. Could you please share this with your audience on social media? The stories and connections that I make on this podcast have helped thousands of people, sometimes in the most profound ways. And you never know if your small action today will be the one that kickstarts your friend, a family member, or even yourself into taking massive action and starting the next multi-million dollar business. It'll be your way of just paying it forward. My name is Jeff Mendelson. You can find me on all the major social channels like LinkedIn, Instagram, and Facebook. Thank you so much for listening.